Before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a quick moment to say thank you guys so much. You guys have been so supportive of this podcast and it does not go unnoticed and it is helping us get our feet on the ground and to establish ourselves in the podcast space. So that being said, if you are enjoying the People We Follow podcast and you want to hear more, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a positive review. This really helps us out and it's totally free 99 for you guys to do that. Other free things you can do to help us out are simply share on social media when you're listening and tuning into us. DM me your thoughts on these episodes because as a host, that really helps me know how to curate these episodes to your liking. But thank you guys so much for all you've done so far and can't wait to share more with you. You're listening to the People We Follow podcast, a podcast dedicated to starting important conversations and a platform to spotlight influencers, creatives, and other inspirational personalities. I'm your host, Bria Jones. Enjoy the show. What it do, guys? It's your girl, B, and we are back at it again with another episode. Guys, I am just so goddamn thankful for my health today, okay? Um, let me tell you. So I had my first little BB COVID scare, and to say the least, it was not exciting. It was actually really frustrating, and the last three days have not been super fun. I got a phone call over the weekend that a doctor I had gone to recently tested positive. So like the good civilians that we are, we immediately, we being me and AJ, went to go get tested. Um, And so the test results take, you know, like two to three days or it could be up to five days actually, but the waiting game was probably the worst part about it. It, it just like sucked because of all the places in the world, you know, it was the doctor's office. We literally haven't been dicking around, going to parties. We haven't, I haven't seen my family one time this year. So I was just like, come on, like the level of pissed I would be if I did test positive, you guys. Like, and listen, I know this virus does not discriminate. I get that. It doesn't know if you've been a good girl or a bad girl this Christmas. It doesn't care. You know, I understand that, but still it wouldn't make me feel any better (laughs) if I had gotten it just because I feel like I've really, really tried my hardest to still, you know, take the right precautions and do what I need to do. So of all the places, yeah, a doctor's office was where I was exposed. And I, I was just like, stressed out because this weekend is going to be the one-year mark for AJ and my anniversary. Well, it will be our wedding anniversary. So a year from this weekend, we will be getting married, which is absolutely crazy to think about. So um, in honor of that and in honor of my birthday that is coming up on on election day, <laughs> um <laughs> We decided we're going to go ahead and just have both of these little celebrations early uh, because God knows what November 3rd is going to look like for me this year. But also, um, you know, this is a really cool opportunity for us to finally do something for us because we have not had just Bria AJ time outside of the house. And 
I know we could both use that. So anyways, long story short, while, you know, we were waiting on these test results, that's pretty much all I could think about in terms of like, okay, are we going to get to have this fun weekend? And, you know, also we have AJ's parents coming in town next weekend to do some fun wedding stuff with us. And mind you, if you're new and didn't know, AJ and I are with the not crew. So we were voted on by the public as one of the influencer couples with the not. And so we've had some really cool experiences um, prior to COVID with the knot. Not so much since then, but um, we also pushed our wedding. It was supposed to be this March, which, oh my God, is crazy to think. I cannot, I really can't imagine being a bride right now, you guys. But originally our wedding date was going to be March 21st of this year, or 2021, excuse me. And with everything happening and the fact that we really don't have a lot of family in the area, most people would have to travel. We decided pretty early on in the COVID, you know, episode that we were going to just push our wedding. It gave us peace of mind. And, you know, this year has been really hard for us, our families, and we just wanted them to focus on being healthy and being safe. So we decided to push our wedding to October of 2021. And I am hoping and praying that that's a better case scenario. That being said, we're just really excited that we're finally able to do some wedding stuff with our family because obviously it really has not felt like we've been engaged. Um, As exciting as being engaged is, being a COVID bridegroom is a weird experience. I will tell you that. It's like you want to be happy about this really exciting time in your life, but also it's like <laughs> there's literally a shit show going on outside and it's hard to to be fully happy about that right now. So it's just been a crazy experience and I think we both need our families and we kind of need a sense of normalcy <laughs> with wedding planning. So we're finally getting that. So anyways, the reason I went on that tangent is because if I had tested positive or if he had tested positive, we would once again have to push seeing our family and doing something for our wedding for once. I ran through way too many scenarios in my mind and the last major thing I was just really worried about was being a one-woman show and, you know, Everyone has different experiences with COVID and some people are out for a really long time. Some people can bounce back sooner. You don't know what you're going to get. And for me, it's a little scary. I mean, everything outside of being my own boss is like bomb. But that's the one part that you don't think about. And I wanted to bring it up for a reason because I know so many of you are on your way to becoming your own boss and want to be entrepreneurs. But remember that when you get sick, you got to have that backup plan for how the show is going to run because nobody can replace me for on my social media accounts. So that's why it's so important to have extra content constantly and, you know, have backup pictures, have backup TikToks, have content ready to go for any reason, though, Um, any emergency, whether that's health, family emergency, you don't want to anticipate those kinds of things, but you also don't want to be left in the dust should something happen. So for me, it was kind of eye-opening in a sense that, yeah, I need to be thinking about those things and not, you know at the last hour as I'm waiting for my results. But my results came back negative and so did AJ's. So both of us are incredibly thankful. And 
I think it was just kind of a reminder of how blessed we are to have our health and how, you know, I feel super lucky to be able to get up today and work and I'm excited about it. So that's our COVID scare story. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's actually get into the episode today. So you guys, I've been wondering how you all feel about cancel culture. Now, if you remember a while back, I asked you guys your thoughts on this through my surveys on Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram, it is Bria Jones. Be sure to follow me there because I love surveying you guys and hearing your feedback for the show. Personally, I have people I know and you know, in the industry who I've met, maybe not so much friends with, but I know of a lot of people who have been quote unquote canceled. Now, I don't necessarily know how to feel sometimes about the whole cancel culture situation because I do think there's a lot of gray areas with it. Now, when I asked you guys how you feel, should people be canceled, should they not, which is a pretty vague question, I will give you that. It was kind of split down the middle, yes and no. I feel there are very specific instances where people should absolutely be canceled. The more I think about it, When there's two sides to a story, it's really hard to have all the information you need to make a decision on someone being canceled. So let me kind of explain that. Personally, I think there should be no wiggle room for people who are predators, uh, rapists, you know, anything in the sexual assault category, killing someone all of that, that is inexcusable. There is no excuse for that. I would never support anyone like that. I don't think you should get second chances. And a lot of you said the same thing. Some of you are really, really forgiving though. And you don't even think, you think people should just have second chances and some people make mistakes. And I don't know. I don't know. Um, It's frustrating personally as an influencer to see these people with massive, massive platforms make what I think to be very heinous mistakes. Not even mistakes sometimes because I think when you can classify something as a mistake, it's something that you choose to learn from and grow from. But what I've seen repeatedly by a lot of influencers is this very godlike complex that I can get away with anything and I'm still going to have an army of people behind me. And to be honest with you guys, a big reason why I even made the show was because the I mean the title is the People We Follow podcast for a reason because I wanted us to have these conversations and evaluate who we're giving power to because your follows, your engagement, even your watch time on these people's videos are making them more valuable, making them richer and more influential. Even if you don't like someone's video, um, pretty much every single app out there is measuring how long you're looking at these people's content. It really matters who you are directing your attention to. And I felt that it was necessary to really bring that up so you guys can take a hard look at the people that you are following. That's the name of the show. That's the name of the game. And that's what I, one of my biggest goals out of this is hoping that you guys take back that power and understand that in this next era of life, social media has major influence. And a lot of that is rooted in, you know, the people we are giving support to. 
So that being said, you know, a lot of you could agree that there are instances that should not be excusable. Um, I wanted to talk about a specific instance that I have recently changed my opinion on. Um, So do we have any daddy gangers in the house? Daddy gang? (laughs) I'm a huge fan of Call Her Daddy, which if you were not 18 and up, please do not. Um, I did not recommend this podcast to you. It is extremely raunchy. It's it's basically a sex podcast, but um, whatever, however you feel about that, whatever, I find it incredibly entertaining. And I think um, no matter what your feelings are about the current situation, I think it's a really cool thing that women are talking about their bodies and what they like and what they want so openly because obviously society has not given us room to do that in a lot of instances. So um, anyways, I am a big fan of Call Her Daddy. Just n- It's not the content you're going to get from Big Sister, <laughs> but um, Alex Cooper and Sophia Franklin were originally the host of this show, which came from Barstool. And honestly, I don't give a shit about Barstool, but I do like Alex and Sophia as people personally, and they were co-hosting the show together and it blew up. So um, if you listen, you know it is a very successful podcast. They are on the charts all the time. Down the road, there was you know some drama earlier this year where Alex and Sophia demanded to get more benefits and more money for the work they were doing. And rightfully so, those girls absolutely deserve everything they're asking for, in my opinion, because they are doing an incredible job. And it caused a lot of drama. People, quote unquote, asking for too much. People, quote unquote, being greedy. And the end result was that Sophia was no longer on the show. So Alex is now, you know, she's father, a single daddy now. And she's she's handling the show very well. She does a lot of, you know, guest speakers and everything. But the way they painted Sophia in this whole thing was that she was greedy, that she was full of herself, that she was asking for too much. We don't know what that even means. But I think Sophia got a lot of negativity in response to that when All of the information came out that they were no longer going to be doing the show together and Alex was going to fully take over on her own. And you know, when I first saw that, I was like, man, screw Sophia. How could she do this? Like, call her daddy is like everything. It's so great. And recently, Sophia came out with her own podcast. It's called Sophia with an F. She is already on the charts as well. And I listened to episode one and all I got to say is I felt like garbage afterwards because she was very transparent that she stood her ground and she stood in what she believed to be her value and self-worth. And for me, that just really struck me because whatever her number was, I'm proud of Sophia for saying I'm not going to take any less than this. I'm proud of her for that because as women, we continue to back down and come down. So whatever. I don't know the full story, but what I can tell you is that people were horrible to her. I even had negative thoughts about her because she wasn't telling her side of the story. It was you were only hearing from Alex and Barstool. And of course, they painted a very negative picture of her. And and that's no shade to Alex either. I think you know, to each their own. And I'm super happy for what Alex is doing too. I think she just, she deserves all this success as well. But I hate that 
in the process, someone had to almost lose themselves. And I think Sophia isn't in the best place mentally now. I think, I know, she said it on her episode and hearing what she's been going through the past few months, not even verbalizing her side, really got me thinking about how toxic cancel culture is, especially when it comes to these little disputes and these little arguments where we don't know the full story. We weren't there. We shouldn't make a decision. It's sad that the show is like broken up and all of that, but you know, that is someone's mental health. That is literally someone's life. And when you hear what she's been going through, I would never wish that on my worst enemy. Wish them well and hope that they get everything they want in life. Props to Sophia for moving forward with what she truly believes in, but I hate to see that you know, especially a show that was so full of women empowerment really got messy in kind of a mean girl way, in my opinion. I would love to know what you guys think about the daddy gang situation and Sophia's new podcast episode. Personally, I'm going to root for both of them. And like I said, I just feel so bad that, you know, I literally just took the information I was given and I hate that I did that. Um, Because it's not my business. (laughs) So let that just be something maybe we can learn in the future to not try to make a conclusion and just assume the best of people, especially when we don't know the full story and we haven't heard both sides. Back to kind of more on cancel culture that I've been thinking about recently. TikTok is really, really good at canceling people and forgetting about it 48 hours later. Um, TikTok is mean. And I feel like it's, it's almost weird how aggressive some people on TikTok can be, but I feel like some very common conversations with people getting canceled have been like Tony Lopez, who is one of the biggest TikTokers, and Gemini recently got his account completely deleted. I know of Gemini. I came across Gemini at the um, Black TikTok Summit, and I don't know him well enough to make any other claims outside of what happened where he fully admitted and was caught talking to a minor, and that resulted in him getting his TikTok account suspended. I am confused at why Gemini was treated that way and Tony Lopez was not. Tony Lopez did the exact same thing. It is on record and his account is still alive and well and popping and thriving and he is making far more money than I am and I'm not a predator. And I think this is what I'm talking about with influencers thinking that they can get away with anything because we let them. What happened with Gemini, I am actually very glad to see that there was a repercussion, but the consistency across what we do to influencers when they do wrong things like this is it's so, it's not consistent. And that's where I have a problem with it. I really think that there needs to be on these social media teams or whoever's running these apps, someone who's willing to actually make sure that the people who have massive platforms and are driving these apps are good people and aren't steering, especially on a kid's app. Like we know TikTok is majority Gen Z. It's scary to me that there's people out there who aren't being held accountable. And the reason that Gemini's issue got so much attention was because there were so many influencers screaming, literally screaming, 
get off TikTok, get off TikTok. So Mike, I'm just confused. Like, why do we pick and choose who gets punished? Punish them all because anything, like I I feel along the lines, like I said, of being a predator or sexual assault is inexcusable. You know right from wrong. And it shouldn't be that you decide to apologize when you get caught. So, you know, there have been many, many other instances. And like I said, I, I think that there are certain situations of canceling, but I also think there are instances where it is not necessary and education should be at the front lines. So for example, I mean, at this point in 2020, if you're still saying the N-word and you're not black, I'm praying for you. But like the fact that so many people are still making a lot of racist ignorant comments, I think we're still in this really big phase of education and progress and growth. I even have friends in my life who 10 years ago would have been rapping every N-word in a rap song, and I love them dearly. And at the time, I didn't know how to speak up and say why this makes me so uncomfortable. But today, people are learning. Today, people are understanding. There's just a lot we have to learn. So my thing is, when someone makes a mistake and we call them out or call them in, as my friend Delaney says, I love that she says that, let's aim to stop calling people out and call them in have room for that education, have room for that conversation. Not everybody is coming from an evil, racist, white supremacist place when they say ignorant things. A lot of people just don't know. And, you know, that's why I did that whole microaggression series on TikTok. And I think it went so viral. I would look at some of the comments. I try not to read too many comments. But what I was seeing was there are a lot of people who were fully admitting, oh, my gosh, I've done this before. Thank you for this video. This is really helpful. And it was a lot of people who were not black saying that. That really spoke to me because I realized what I know to be offensive is not necessarily common knowledge to somebody else. So it's so important that we started education and have a little more compassion and a little more patience. As a Black person, I will fully admit to you, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of having these conversations and educating right now. I got to be honest with you because I'm just trying to stay afloat right now with my own mental health and I don't want to have to be the advocate all the time and the activist all the time. It is a part of who I am and I always will be, but I think I'm in a, a little period of Bria needs to recharge. It's not all the time that I want to do the educating and that's where it gets tough for me when I see an area that I could help someone and bring value to. I want to, but right now I don't feel like doing that. Also, what I have to say about these things is we have to do the legwork. There are so many resources online, so many books on allyship that we need to be looking into and trying to educate ourselves first. My friends know if they have questions, they can literally ask me anytime and I'm there. What I love is that also my friends have done some legwork too. They have taken the time to try to figure it out for themselves before coming to me because they understand I'm tired, <laughs> but I will always be fighting and I will do my very best. So just something to keep in mind, 
when it comes to canceling people, let's start there. Let's start with education and compassion. As far as what we could do in terms of alternatives, I asked you guys that, which this is kind of a good segue to what I just said with education because a lot of you thought that it was important instead of canceling someone to educate and have those difficult conversations. Some of you basically said, you know, maybe not canceling them, but in your mind, just not really giving them attention anymore, especially after the third and fourth time. And I I think that's the difference. That's the difference though. When we all can kind of instinctively, I think, tell that someone has a good heart. There are instances though when people make the same mistake so many times that it it's almost like ridiculous that we're still having the conversation and you and you know exactly what I'm talking about like personally I think that the Kardashians are a really great example of making the same mistakes over and over again I feel like they're rich enough to hire a team of people to like tell them when they're black fishing and yet it still happens all the time and no just because you have biracial kids does not give you a pass to go from Armenian to black overnight. So it's it's these mistakes where I'm a little less patient and, you know, these are people who have massive influence and platforms. I'm not saying cancel them, but my goodness, get it together after <laughs> how many times do we have to go through this? It sucks because some people we just know like they're never going to be fully canceled and the internet can say they're going to cancel people and just be mean to them for a, a while and bully them, but the internet forgets about things so quickly that I don't think, has anyone actually been canceled? Like actually, my take would also be let's slow down. Let's slow it down on the cancellation. I feel like we literally need a judiciary system. It would be far better than the one we actually have in America where we cancel people and I would love to run for judge because I feel like I am a really good um <laughs> source of fairness here. But yeah, I feel like the internet has kind of taken on the role of judge, cancel, whatever we want to call it. And it's just kind of interesting how quickly people are ready to do that. And that to me is weird in itself. Like I get it. We're all pent up in our houses, not doing anything, hardly seeing loved ones. It's a tough year and we're ready to take out our aggression on people we've never met. But I think we need to slow down and operate from love and kindness a little bit more because there are some people I am – I am mad at y'all for canceling. Like, why did y'all have to do that to my girl, Jenna Marbles? Like, I'm going to be real with you. Jenna Marbles is a G, okay? Did she make some offensive videos? Absolutely. But if you went back to 2011 or whatever year she popped off, she was not the only one making those kinds of videos. You guys loved those videos at the time, myself included. There was definitely a different climate during that time. And there was definitely just, it was, there was a different tone then. And we forget that, especially all these Gen Z kids who were literally two years old in like 2010. They don't even know what they're talking about. But we said some offensive things. People used to always say things like, that's gay when we were younger. You remember when everyone said that? And when people would literally call everyone fags, like how 
if you could never say that today but back then people were saying that as like a joke. And now that is, it is offensive. It should have been offensive then, but we had to grow as a society. So it's kind of great to look back and see how far we've come because we don't put up with that shit anymore. But I hate that people 10 years later are being penalized for content they made years ago. And personally, as an influencer and a content creator myself, it scares me that that happens. And I can only hope the videos that I make will never age poorly like that. I I don't think they will, but you never know what's going to be offensive 10 years from now because like I said, we didn't think that was going to happen. If you didn't know Jenna Marbles, look, Google her. You will know exactly what video I'm talking about. She did like the horrible makeup video that went crazy viral and became this insanely big YouTuber and recently this year got called out for some of her offensive videos and she fully agreed that they were offensive and because of that, she decided to completely leave the internet and that was really sad to me because I think it could have just been a moment of I'm sorry and an apology, but the internet was so mean to her that she completely decided to leave the internet and I don't know, it breaks my heart a little bit. Let us take a moment to just operate from, I wanted to just point out, you know, I had asked you guys, have you canceled anyone personally? And a lot of you had, a majority of you had. And so it's it's definitely obvious that it's something we do. And all that I think we need to consider, and I hope this episode helps you reflect on, is in what situations are you going to decide to remove your support and attention from somebody? And in what situations are you going to decide to educate and try to call them in instead of calling them out? And I think, you know, to recap for me, if it's anything outside of sexual assault, murder, and things that are just incredibly unforgivable, if it's outside of those things, I can definitely call people in. With the calling in, though, I feel like there are just so many strikes you get. And if it's the same reason that you continually have to call people in, like for making the same racist mistakes or whatever the case may be, if people are continually being insensitive, at some point there's a red flag that they're just not trying hard enough to educate themselves. So let's first call them in. And then if they can't get it together, you make your decision based off that. But I just wanted to take a moment to kind of go over cancel culture and have us reevaluate if it's necessary and why we do it. That being said, I hope this got you thinking. And as always, I'm so thankful you tuned into this episode. I wanted to ask a huge favor that if you've been enjoying this show, it would mean the absolute world if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave us a positive review for the people we follow. Um, but seriously, thank you guys for all the support with the podcast. Keep sharing on your stories and sharing with people who you think might enjoy the show because it really means a lot and it is helping us out thank you guys for tuning in again we'll chat next week thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode be sure to come follow me on all social media platforms at the username hey jones and check back here once a week as i put out new episodes keep being a light in this world and we'll chat soon